The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by Michter's American Whiskies and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show. Fred here. Do I got a doozy for you this week? Great interview coming up with Jay Cutler. But first, I got to talk to you about what happened last week. So last week with country star Hannah Dasher, she straight pulled out her hair. Like, I don't mean she pulled out her hair and like hair came out. She was actually clipped. She had hair clips. I didn't really, I didn't, I knew they existed, but I didn't really know how they worked. And she pulled the clip out, right? And I, and I swear it was like attached to her skull or something, but you hear it like, kind of, it was a very loud click and everything. She pulled it out and she showed it off to the camera. It was a great magical moment for, for camera. And I, dadgummit, I deleted, accidentally deleted the video. It was probably one of the best videos I've ever had in my life. Uh, and I deleted it. Yeah, I am such a bum when it comes to doing all this. But hey, I'm doing it all by myself. You know, I'm out on the when I'm out on the road. I'm out on the road and I'm doing it by myself. And so mistakes are going to happen. I'm only human. But I'm just telling you, that was a hilarious, hilarious moment. And if I can find a way to recover that dadgum video, I'll put it up on YouTube and you can see it and see my face. I probably had my face just dropped. I was like, oh, my God, what was? how did that happen? You know. But Hannah was a great, uh, great guest. I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to her. But so this week's episode is uh, is Jay Cutler. So Jay Cutler, you know him from um, – he was drafted by the Denver Broncos – mostly known for playing the Chicago Bears. Uh, he also played for the Miami Dolphins and, of course, was a Vanderbilt project. In this interview, Jay and I, of course, we drank a lot of bourbon. And, you know, bourbon is a truth serum, right? And when you have one of the most honest quarterbacks on your show, you know, stuff's going to come out. So he's uh, he has some stories about, uh, you know, his, his old playing buddy, Zach Miller, uh, he gave his honest opinion on Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers was talked about a lot this offseason, and he got uh, he, he got real honest there. And he talked about the Packers organization, which I know for a lot of Packers fans, that's going to feel weird coming from a longtime Bears player, especially Jay Cutler. But that being said, you know, he dropped some, uh, he dropped some bombs here, so make sure you listen to all that. Now, as I have been saying a lot in the in the past weeks, if you are a listener, you're new, and you would like a sticker, hit me up on fredminnick.com. That's fredminnick.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Anything you got to say about the show, I'd love to hear from you. And we'd love to send you a sticker. Make sure you send us your address as well. A lot of people have been writing us without sending an address. We follow up, but sometimes they don't get back to us. But uh, we want to make sure you get a sticker. Um, my partner in crime, Allison DeLand, will get you hooked up. And, you know... It just put it on your bumper, put it on your refrigerator, your computer. I just ask that you do not use it in criminal activity. So if you have a uh, a hankering for going out and robbing a place in the middle of the night, first of all, you shouldn't do that. That sort of thing's illegal. Just don't bring the sticker with you. I don't need to get a call from the cops. Okay, all right. I appreciate that. But folks, you're going to enjoy this week's episode, especially if you are a football fan. If you're not a football fan, well, tough. It's football season, and I can't wait to start watching football again. Oh my god! I, you know, seriously, 
The NFL is something that I need in my soul. I have to watch it. it I mean, it's it's the best thing on TV. It's the best thing to see in person. I love football. <sighs> I can't wait. So enjoy this week's episode with Jay Cutler, folks. But first, a word from our sponsors. People want a great whiskey that isn't like every other whiskey. So nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak, 291 Colorado whiskey is distilled from grain to barrel to bottle. Exceptional Western whiskey, unlike any other. Passion permeates every sip. Utilizing grains from the Colorado Plains, water collected from Pikes Peak Reservoirs, and finished with Aspen Staves, 291 Colorado Whiskey is an award-winning single barrel and small batch whiskey. Hard made the Colorado way. Our recipe, our stills, independent and always rugged, refined, and rebellious. 291 Colorado Whiskey is proud of its humble roots and excited as we expand to new frontiers. Get your taste of Colorado at 291coloradowhiskey.com. Online orders available or find a bottle near you. Ride it like you stole it. Drink it like you own it. Live fast. Drink responsibly. Hey, everybody. Fred here. Hey, how would you like to take home all the pappy? All the pappy. That's right. All the pappy Van Winkle. And you would help a charity. I'm talking about the Ronald McDonald House uh, raffle for Pappy Van Winkle. That's right. The coveted, highly sought after Pappy, Pappy, Pappy Van Winkle. That flight includes one bottle of each of them, of the Pappy Van Winkle 23-year-old, a 2018, a Pappy Van Winkle 20-year-old, a 2019, a Pappy Van Winkle 15-year-old, a 2019, Van Winkle Special Reserve 12-year-old, Lot B, and Old Rip Van Winkle 10-year-old. I validated these bottles. They are legit, and for $100, $100, you uh, got a shot at winning this. So, and the most importantly, it goes to a good cause. The Ronald McDonald House is helping families uh, with sick children as they are getting treatment. So do me a favor and head on over to pappyraffle.org. That's pappyraffle.org to purchase tickets. Thanks, everybody. At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single-barrel whiskey as we do, Each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller, Dan McKee, and our master of maturation, Andrea Wilson, say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to michters.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. And join in the Fred Minnick Show, Jay Cutler. What's up, man? Nothing. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you a bourbon fan? Um, I am. I am. What, what do you normally drink? Um, I have Four Roses. Um, I've had an Elijah Whistle Pig. Um, kind of anything that get our hands on now. It's well, kind of, kind of everything's in short supply a little bit. 
That is I mean, true. Unless, unless we're we're here. Obviously. I mean, this is this is my traveling office. But you know, if you were in my studio, we could grab and just really anything going back to the early 1900s. But we got some good stuff here to taste. Absolutely, this is incredible. So, what do you, in terms of like, tell me about like your food history. What do you what do you like to eat? What you know? What did you grow up eating? What grew kind of, up in uh, Southern Indiana, kind of you know Midwest, um, kind of steak and potato type of. Mm-hmm growing up and now um i mean probably ventured more into um vegetables but still steak fish um chicken you're health you're healthy i I try to be healthier all right so let's talk about like the the really junk shit you know like snickers candy bars twix what what are you eating in that regard um none anymore grew up grew up with all that but none of that stuff anymore and so you're not even splurging now and then with a little snickers bar a little something something? i haven't had a snickers bar in hell 10 years 15 years maybe wow it's been a long time wow i mean i'll eat desserts but i mean i'll be selective wow Okay, so what what desserts would you be selective about? Um, I mean, I'll eat I'll eat you know I'll eat chocolate. I'll have ice cream. I'll have you know okay. if I'm at a restaurant, like I'll I'll order a dessert. But typically, I don't have um, dessert at home really, and I don't eat any of those. Now, is there is there is there a, a fruit you don't like? Um, if, kind of allergic to pineapple. You're allergic to pineapple. Yeah, that's not good. Why is there pineapple in here? No, I mean there is. There, <laughs> there, t- they can be like a pineapple flavored rums. Yeah, you know? not, not a huge rum fan though. Okay. No, tequila, vodka, bourbon. Those are kind of my my staples. All right. Well, you just said Beer. some. You just said something that most people would get kicked off the show like right away. Vodka. S- saying you like vodka. Yeah. Really. But that's okay. Well, we'll we'll allow a pass. I mean, I'm here, here now. I mean, I might, might as well finish it. Might as well. You can just never have me back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, we get some bourbon in you, and maybe, yeah. and maybe you hear the story of why vodka sucks. And I would love to hear the story. And, every, and everything sucks. changes. So, you know, vodka did not even have a federal definition in the United States until 1958. And then when it got a federal definition, it started getting a little bit of a steam, and, and people started drinking vodka over, over bourbon. And that put, made a, a huge bourbon decline in the 60s and 70s, and places started going out of business. They could never catch up to the vodka sales because there's like no cost to like bottle vodka in comparison to bourbon, which has to be in a barrel for a long period yeah. of time. Uh, and then now in the modern sense that bourbon is, has skyrocketed, is doing so well, these conglomerates that have a lot of brand, they, they tell retailers, the distributors tell retailers, oh, you want, you want our one really highly allocated bottle of bourbon? You have to buy 60 cases of vodka. vodka. And so that is why it's a it's a matter of like, you know, historic reasoning, gotcha. but really but also modern. Where do you sense. stand on moonshine? Um, like real moonshine. I'm, we are you know, in Tennessee. Yeah, I do. I, I appear on the show Moonshiners from time to time. Okay. And I, you know, I drink their moonshine. Okay. And when it's legit, I mean, I will drink legit moonshine. Yeah. And the moonshiners, when they'll see me on the show and they'll send me stuff, and it'll just show up in a random like bottle. I'm like, I don't know what the hell this is. <laughs> I'll smell it, yeah. and I can feel like my eyeballs in the back oh, a little yeah. bit, so I won't drink it. But oh, some yeah. mo- most of the time, you know, they're legit. Yeah, it's, it's legit stuff. Absolutely. But I want to start you with. I want to start you with actually. Uh, this is a this is a I smoke. Have the, a friend of mine just got me this. You got a smoke wagon? I Close? haven't had it yet though. Okay, just, just got it for me though. Now this is a this is a, uh, a a blend that I did. It's a barrel pick that I did. So uh-huh. I combined two barrels, 
only 193 barrels uh, done, and a lot of these will be going to raise charity, okay. uh, raise money for charity. So I'm really big into charity. Absolutely. And bourbon raises a lot of money, and we're in uh, Nashville uh, uh, Barrel Company, where the owner and I are part of a organization called Bourbon Crusaders. A couple of years ago, we raised a half a million dollars for for uh, cancer charities. Well, yeah, you give everyone much suburban, and then they're more than willing to give money. Up, they, right? That's right. They bid more. Uh, you know, they spend more money, and it's amazing what bourbon can do. Oh, so, absolutely. So kind of like the process. Yeah, tell me about the process. So the like, process. the wine process, but how does this go for, for bourbon? It's it's similar, but, but, but different. Okay. You know, really, the beginning of a tasting is about analyzing the color. When, when, the, when the bourbon goes in the barrel, it's as clear as the water from your tap. So, Are you, talk to me about, well, go ahead and finish this first. Oh, then no, I have a question. Go for it. Bourbon versus whiskey. Bourbon is what, like, is it 51% corn? So bourbon does have to be 51% corn, but let's take a look at, let's take a look at what bourbon is. Bourbon is a whiskey. Yes. So whiskey is a categorical term. Okay. And, oh, there's, and there's and there's in their subcategory. So so we have Scotch, you have rye. Canadian whiskey, uh, Irish whiskey, rye, and so there's all these subcategories of whiskey. Bourbon it has to be predominantly corn, or as they say, 51% corn. They can add wheat, rye, try to kale, barley, anything else, other grains after, but it always has to be predominantly corn. Okay. Then there's some distillation things to it, like it cannot be distilled any higher than 160 proof. This is a very, very important qualifier because the higher you go up in proof, the more you're stripping out of it. And there's a lot of spirits that go up as high as 190 proof, which is the same distillation uh, point as ethanol. So vodka, actually by law, it has to be distilled at 190 proof. So they're going through the same distillation methods that they do with ethanol, with vodka. And, and so the higher you go up in proof, the more you strip out of it. And then they, after it come, comes off the still. When you say strip out of it, what do you mean by that? It's stripping out the, like the grain oils, okay. the, the characters, at the base of, of the grains. The flavors. So. The flavors, okay. yeah. So you're basically, higher you go up, the more odorless and tasteless you are making it. You're basically making rubbing, uh, alcohol. rubbing alcohol. Gotcha. It's exactly it. And then they, after it comes off the still, they cut it with water. They call it proofing water. Mm -hmm. And this is very important. You know, you've got, you've got some places that have great water, like Tennessee and Kentucky. And then you have places uh, like Florida, which I'm buying bottled water every time I'm going there because that's not good water. You know, <laughs> not good water in Florida. Uh, but so they ha it cannot uh, be cut any higher or any lower or any higher than 125 proof. Okay. But most people are going in between 110 and 125 proof. Gotcha. And then it's going in that new charred oak barrel where it sits for um, anywhere from a day to eight years to, uh, you know, Pappy Van Winkle's yeah. 23 years. Yeah. But the big thing, too, is it has to be made in the United States of America, not just Kentucky. But to be you, bourbon. To be bourbon. Exactly. just has to be made in the United States of America. And that was a law that was passed in 1964 by Congress. So it's kind of an indication that Congress does get some things right, you know, like every, they did. Every once in a while. Every once in a while they did that. So this, this, is, uh, this is distilled in Indiana and blended in, in Las Vegas. So Smoke Wagon is in Las Vegas. You, you get to Las Vegas much? I was just in Las Vegas for the uh, UFC fight. Oh, the, the McGregor? Yeah. Yeah, I was there. He, whoa. 
That was rough. That was the best thing that happened to him was probably getting his leg broke. <laughs> Not a McGregor fan? No, I was, well, I was cheering for him, but this, I don't think the second round was going to be was going to do him you well. You didn't be any better. Now, no. what's the most money you've ever lost in Vegas? Um, not a huge gambler, so a couple thousand. Okay. I was, I was at a blackjack table in the win with an offensive lineman. This guy was dropping 5,000 a hand, and he just, I, w- I watched him lose probably 100 grand oh, yeah. in a matter of minutes, Easily. and it was, it was painful. Well, guys, I've got friends like that, and guys like that think the next hand they're just going to get it back. Next <sighs> hand they're going to get it back. If you're going to do that, I think you're supposed to like just keep doubling until you get it back. Yeah, that's not the best method, though. Okay. All right, let's try this. Here we go. So we looked at the color. Now yes. we smell. And we smell. We smell with your mouth open. And you kind of work back and forth. But you know, have you ever broken your nose? Probably. <laughs> so you'll have. It's not straight, so. I'm so you have, like, if you've broken your nose, yeah. your, your olfactory shifted to. With, with your nose, however it is. So, folk, and this is a good way to tell if you have one nostril that's really not working. My left you, one is not working. It's not functioning correctly. I is it, has it always been that way? Yeah. Yeah, you probably broke your nose. Well, one time my dad was throwing footballs out in the yard. I was really young, and he led me literally just directly into a tree. And I remember that one, and that one, my face. I think that's probably the first That's, that's great parenting right there. First class. All right, so once we've smelled it, and, and this is really just a, a, a beautiful, spicy forward, nutmeg, caramel, vanilla. This has got a lot going on on the nose. And then when you put it on your palate, taste a little bit. You want to feel it all over your tongue. The first thing I want you to do is focus on what part of the tongue is it hitting, and then we can laser on what the flavor is. When you focus on what part of the tongue it is, you on the tip of the tongue is where we get our sweetness notes. In the middle, we get our savory stuff like cornbreads, uh, pie crust, things like that. And in the back, you get uh, you get spices, whether it's like baking spice or pepper spice. And then like the back toward the middle, you get bitterness. And on the sides, you get bitterness as well. So first, focus Who on knew this. It's it's the thing you've got. You've got to focus on where it's hitting your palate, okay. and then you then you can laser in on what the flavors are. Okay. I taste wood, woody. What part of the tongue? I want to say like more middle. To maybe, definitely not the tip. <laughs> um, middle to maybe the outer edges. So those are like kind of like the backside middle. That's kind of like the bitterness region. Okay. And that would be, you know, wood would fall in like those bitterness lines. Now, what did you taste? First of all, in terms of how it hits my palate, in you know, tasting is 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 genetic as well as it is as you know, training, kind of like any athletic endeavor. Yeah. And it is um, it is mouth coating for me, and it has like a really um, pecan kind of like flavor profile for me with a lot of caramel after that. Almost it's like a, it's almost like a pecan pie. You say mouth coating, like you feel it in your entire. Yeah, it's warmness. all over. Yeah, yeah, it, I, I, yeah, I got that. It's like a buttery. It's just yes. like dripping down the jawline. Just, 
it's you can, you can take this a whole different direction quite tasty uh, well you know i mean sometimes you know the last episode we started talking about men's underwear somehow really so i mean it was like um you know, i was getting the pitch on like a new type of men's underwear and i was can you could you like blindfoldly blind, can we blindfold you and could you pick at tell what you're drinking sometimes sometimes yeah yeah i mean sometimes i can um the uh in at one of my in one of my shows what i'll do is i will put a blindfold on people have them come on stage and have them smell and if you cannot see what you're smelling most people can't smell it like you put a blindfold on somebody most people cannot smell a banana it's it's incredible really yeah but yeah it, you know some days the you know the palate is i can definitely you know you know pick up things and you know some days with the blindfold on, it's, it's not as sharp. Will you, when you're at home, just casually having a, a, a whiskey, will you ever put any ice in it or? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But when I'm being analytical, yeah. Now, you know, I want to, I want to focus yeah, on like, yeah, I want to see how it is in the bottle. Sure. But absolutely, I will when it's, um, when, when especially like at a sporting event, I'll add ice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't know if that was really frowned upon in the uh, whiskey bourbon. Oh, uh, I think most songs. people are like drink it however you like, but yeah. you don't you don't want to see someone spending stupid money and then putting it with Coca Cola. No. And, and I think that's where it comes from. Like no, yeah, like those days are well behind me. I remember in college we would get um, the hell was that stuff? Now called? Vandy's a dry campus, Jay. <laughs> um, we would get it was like eight or nine dollars i mean the thing was this big it'll come to me here in a little bit but yes i mean it would basically be just you know jack and cokes and stuff yeah and that, I, I haven't done that a lot i mean in college drinking that's that's high on the hog it wasn't you know? jack though it was something it was something really bad um tin high uh, Kessler's. I've had that. I've had that. Um, no. Good lord, start, those are both awful. Starts with an E, maybe. Um, Evan Williams, no, Elijah Craig. No, not a whole, definitely not Elijah Craig. Just not, early times. Early times. All right. Well, you know, back in the day, early times really did suck, but lately it's got it's gotten a lot better. But then again, they just got bought, and we don't know where it's going to go. Well, all I know is you pro. could get like a bottle this big for like nine dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, that was a used uh, used barrel whiskey back then. Used barrel, so they just there was, recycled would, barrels. Yeah, they would recycle barrels for that. It wasn't even bourbon; it was Kentucky whiskey. Now, did you did you ever did you ever uh, drink a little bit before playing a game at Vandy or? No, I mean there were there were times we played Saturday, like Thursday night we would go out, mm-hmm. but never like Friday, never not before. Yeah. What you know, I've talked to you know, I've had a lot of uh, that was my younger days. I've had a lot of players on the show, and I always ask, you know, baseball is very different than than football. For like, sure. there's like no alcohol in the in the locker rooms. In baseball or football? Well, in in baseball, there's a shit ton of alcohol yeah, in the yeah, locker yeah, rooms, yeah, yeah. but yes. in football, there's yeah. doesn't seem to be any. No, whenever I first got in the league in '06, you there would be the night before games. So Saturday night we'd have meetings, and then we would have uh, there'd be a meal and stuff, and then there'd be snack at like nine or ten. And there were always uh, like these big coolers, you know, some would be water, and there's coolers full of beer. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while I'd see like an older player. I mean, I was you know I was young, 
you know, older players sitting there having a beer. I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, these guys are animals. <laughs> and then whenever we got on the planes, or when you got on away games, when you got off the bus, or when you, whenever you got left the stadium, got onto the bus to take you to the plane, there'd be a whole trash can full of beer. And then when you got on the plane, every seat in the plane would have three to four beers on it. So, I mean, there was alcohol everywhere after the games and mm-hmm. some before the games, but not many guys had beers Saturday night. But after the game, there was alcohol everywhere. People but would bring wine, whiskey, liquor, everything on the plane. So, of, of your old teammates, let's say you've got a great bottle. Um, let's say whatever your favorite bottle that you've had to date. Maybe it's Pappy. Maybe it's a Four Roses limited edition small batch. Maybe it's something just, yeah. you know, really rare. You, you have a team, an old teammate over. Who is the most likely one to steal the bottle? Most likely person to steal a bottle of bourbon from me would probably be my friends now that I think would probably Zach Miller, and he would do it, <laughs> claim to be accidentally. The tight end, right? Tied in, yeah. big whiskey guy. I was just at his house uh, a little while ago, and uh, he he would he would he would he, I think he would take one, but I mean I'd give it to him too. <laughs> well, you know he's he got caught a few touchdowns for you, so he did he did yeah, he's, he's doing a, music now too. That's right, doing his Nashville, but big big bourbon guy. That's awesome. I have to look at getting him on the show. Maybe do a have him. Uh, uh, maybe we can do some fun blind stuff together. Yeah. It'd be awesome, Adam. So now let's go to. Uh, so this was. What did you think of the the smoke wagon? I liked it. I liked it. I'm uh, I'm excited to try it at home. Drink some more of it. It's uh, it was good. It'll be very different was, than what you had here. I'm sure. It uh, it was very like you said. It was buttery. It was very smooth going down. Like it was mm-hmm. not. A, it didn't. It didn't bite like I I thought it might. I mean, it's it's warm, but it's I like it. Now I want to I want to take you to a bottle that's very special to me. And this is this was on my list of um, the greatest bourbons um, of the century. Really? Uh, so far. This is Parker's Heritage. This is the Promise of Hope. This is the fresh glass, right? Yeah. All right. So this is the Promise of Hope. This is, uh, this is named after uh, Parker Beam, the former master distiller of uh, Heaven Hill. He passed away a few years ago of ALS. And now every bottle of... Of, of Parker's heritage that you buy, um, a lot of it goes to the ALS Foundation. Okay. And this is this is you know there's a there's a belief in a bourbon that you only break out you know your best bourbon with with friends and with people that you you want to hang out with. And I love to tell the story of Parker because we're getting we're getting in this phase of 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 the bourbon world where no one seems to care as much about the legacies of the people who created it, and it's more about what's inside the bottle. Mm-hmm. And like any chance I can tell you about, you know, one of my mentors in the, in the business is, is a good day for me. So this is, uh, this is Parker's so, Heritage Promise of Hope. It, uh, there, I mean, there is such a history to all, a lot of these bourbons. That's right. I mean, yeah. it, it goes back so far, and it seems like it stays in, in the family, and they just keep 
They do. There is, and 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 there's a lot of folklore around it too. Yeah. And and the and the bullshit in, in in bourbon almost becomes its own special history. Sure. You know, so it's like you know they would make stuff up in the 1800s and it carried over, and now you have historians like me kind of proving that this stuff was made up. They're like, and then we're all like, eh. Whatever. Yeah. It's part of it's part, part of the game. Part, part of it, exactly. Yeah. That's what makes it the, the mystique. How did you get into bourbon? So my where, where are you from? I'm originally from Oklahoma. Okay. Um, my my journey begins. Um, I come home mm-hmm. uh, from Iraq as a soldier. Gotcha. And uh, the only job I could get was as a food editor. And I, when you write about food, you eventually write about alcohol. And I started writing about uh, bourbon in 2006. And it was it was it was a process that I liked. There was some history to it. There was some business components to it I really liked. Um, but my journey really does begin. Uh, you know, like a lot of soldiers, I was having a lot of problems. Yeah. And I got myself in therapy. Was getting some help. Um, and it's tough figuring out what to do after. It is after that after any yeah. any, any anything like that. I mean, you, you dedicate and, yourself to something for. And you you you, and you have to make that decision, yeah. you know, and it and it's an individual thing. And there's, you know, veterans. We have a lot of suicides, and there's yeah. a lot of efforts to prevent that. But Absolutely. at the end of the day, the individual has to make that decision. And I made the decision to put myself in a chair and kind of like a high level therapy. And one of the things that I was taught in this therapy was uh, mindfulness. And my instructor taught me to uh, focus on what I was tasting and where I was hitting on my mouth and what I was feeling. And it was started with a potato chip. I'd crunch a potato chip and I would think about how it's feeling there, where it's at. And I started noticing that I was triggering things in my brain and it was taking me away from uh, thinking about like an RPG that yeah. almost killed me. Kind of a meditation. Or it's not, exa- it's exactly a yeah. meditation. That's amazing. And I was able to apply it to wine mm-hmm. and and to whiskey. Yeah. And I and that's kind of how. And I began. I I just added on that and kept kind of training. And then I was being trained by master sommeliers and master distillers at the same time. And so that's kind of how it all started. And then we're looking at 2006. Yeah. You know, to 2012 would kind of when that was all really you know, going forward and, you know, here I am 15 years later, you know, do, trying to, uh, you know, carry on the joy of, of teaching with, uh, with fine products and, and telling the story of, you know, people who have meant something to me. That's awesome. So that's a great story. So cheers, my friend. Cheers, absolutely. This, this smells sweeter. This Amazing. is sweeter on the fruit side. So okay. first of all, that one nostril you got working? Yeah, the right ones. It's it's doing ones. all right. It's garbage. You, you you picked it up. Good job, right side. <laughs> you threw right a lot. Mm-hmm. That, that was your mm-hmm. that was your favorite lane to throw. Right side's worthless. <laughs> Left side's worthless, man. Um, this is just really smooth to me. Yeah. Is that right? I mean, it's last one. I said was like butter. Yeah. This is like maple syrup. Yeah. You know? A little sweetness to it. Yeah. But, I mean, there's no bitterness. There's no... That's good. And it's really, it, it's really when you... Every taster is different. Every person is different. You know, I mean, you, you saw this, you know, playing football. You get, a, you get someone who looks like they should be the best player on the field, and they get hit once, and they're afraid to go back in the hole or whatever, right? right? Uh-huh. I mean, you, there's a lot of stories you hear like that all the time. Yeah. 
tasting potential gets you beat exactly tasting is a is, is an individual performance and it's based on like training it's based on like um your genetics yeah you know i my whole family we can smell we we, we can smell things miles away we grew up like in a farm area we're mostly smelling stink yeah. You know what I mean? Pigs and so if all you if you stuff. squeeze a fart out here, I'm gonna you know I might yeah, have you're to gonna pick up on all the notes. Gonna it's gonna be, <laughs> I don't want to know what a Jay Cutler fart smells like, but it's it's gonna be uh, stinky. So do you have to Uber to all your podcasts? Uh, I do a pretty Typically? good. I give a lot of money to Uber. Gotcha. I, I should probably invest in that company, but uh, my my office is also not far from my house, so okay. I just I can walk. So you're getting into podcasting now. That's what they tell me. Tell me about the show. Um, yeah, we're working on it. I think it's going to be uh, Uncut with Jay Cutler. Um, and we're going to kind of start into into the football lane. But, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm interested in. And, you know, I mean, food, alcohol, mm-hmm. um, you know, meditation. I mean, you know, there's working out. Um, yeah, I just I mean, got done back from the gym myself. I could tell. I, know. Can, I can see that. Yeah, I've been working out with some pizza and stuff, you know, <laughs> real heavy. So uh, it's it, it's going to be fun. I mean, I think it's going to be one of those experiences where you where you learn something, I mean, which I'm sure you've learned a ton of things from guests yeah. and, and throughout the process. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, now, you're, you're, you're also a former player who's never – you're not really extremely vocal yeah. about players on the field. Are you going to be – critical of 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 players in the season or is yeah i mean i think now you know i don't think i was i wasn't i wasn't critical i mean i was only asked about my teammates and i think as a, as a quarterback and as one of the leaders on the team like you have to kind of set an example and you just you know you take the blame and you know you fix things internally but now that i'm out um and i got no skin in the game and there's certain guys that i like and i won't mm-hmm you know, I'll try to protect as much as possible, and but I mean, now like I mean, I'll say what I gotta say. Really, I mean, if so, you don't mind. You don't. You're not gonna have any issues, like no. But I mean, but but to that regard, there's also things that I just don't know, and no one knows. You know, you right. don't you don't know you don't know if that left tackle missed if he went the wrong way. You know, you don't know if the receiver is supposed to go left and he went right. You don't know if. You know, the, it was just a bad call by the OC. And in, in, in film, he was like, hey, guys, sorry. That was a shit call. Yeah. Um, so there's certain aspects of, of the game that you, you just don't know. And that's just – there's nothing you can do about that. Right. Um, you know, but there's certain things that happen that I think that I could probably see that maybe somebody else couldn't see that, um, you know, point. I have no problem pointing out and saying, hey, like, this is – this should have been corrected. They were wrong. They were wrong or whatever it is. Okay. So it's going to be fun. Well, I'm look. I'm looking forward to it. I know that's going to be. Uh, it'll be a very popular podcast, and you'll you'll definitely get a lot of Bears listeners. You know, yeah. hanging on to your every word about Justin Fields. They are excited about Justin Fields. I'm excited about Justin Fields. Um, I think he's super talented. I I I'm a big fan of the coach up there. Um, I know the Bears fans are a little. Um, on edge with him after last year and, and some of the stuff, but I like them. Um, I think they got a talented group offensively, defensively. They're they're super talented too. So, you know, I, I think as a rookie quarterback, you just got to be really careful with that guy. Well, and you know, he 
I see a lot of Bears fans wanting him to start. I oh. mean, do you, do you think he should wait a little bit? I was on Waddle and Silly um, maybe a month ago or something, and I my vote personally was to to wait. You know, I think you throw Andy out there. He's more than respectable. He can win games. You know, he can move the offense. The defense is good enough to stop people. So it's not like you have to go out there and score 30 or 40 a game. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you can go out there and score enough and, and let him kind of see the game. Because I, I remember the first – where were we? We were in, we were in St. Louis. And uh, Jake Plummer was the, was the starter in Denver when I first got there. It was awesome. I mean, Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake. They had just come off uh, AFC Championship game the year before. Yeah. They drafted me. And so, like, all summer, you know, I'm second team, and Jake took all the, all the reps for first team. That's just how we were, that's how we were rolling in the season, no problem. Mm-hmm. And we got to St. Louis, and we had – I mean, we had a million checks um, at the line that he had to do. And the place was rocking. I mean, it was so damn loud. You couldn't hear anything. It was the old, it was the old stadium in St. Louis. And, I mean, we got beat down pretty good. Um, but at one point, you know, we're getting beat, and I'm, I'm sitting there like, I don't want to go in this game. <laughs> I want no part of this shit. Like, we're getting destroyed. All these checks. And as a rookie, like, it's kind of overwhelming. But, like, you know, you watch another game, you watch another game, and, you know, because, like, I wasn't taking reps with the first team. So, like, it was just – I was just watching. Right. So, I think without, you know, being able to watch for me just, just helped me. So, I think I started game 10 or 11 or whatever it was, and – you know, we won a few, we lost a few, but by year two, I was I was more than ready to go. So, um, but I think these kids today are a lot more developed than you know in the early two thousands. I mean, they're playing football, yeah, all summer camps. You know, they I mean they they've got it all. Well, I, I tell you, you know, Justin Fields, I think, uh, and by no means am I am a am I a football analyst. Mm-hmm. But I've interviewed plenty of football people, so that makes me an expert in today's world, right? Without a doubt. Uh, I think Justin Fields was the steal of the draft in the quarterback world. I think he's amazing. And it, it could be. And the, the thing that he gets. completely full of shit, too. And we have no I mean, idea. well, that's, that's the best thing about being a, a draft expert, right? Yeah, you guys. I, I mean, I was looking at, uh, you know, some of those guys. Um, what's the big guys? Mel Kuyper. Mel Kuyper. And he's like. I think it's like I don't. I mean, I'm making up. I'm literally making up a number right now. But it's like either like twenty percent, like right in the first round. It's like, but no one cares. That's right. Like well, he just, and he even just spits it out the next year. And even even if they are the best in the draft, like Jameis Winston and Mariota were back to back. Yep. I mean, like, and 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 teams don't want them. It's like they're kind of like the the well, last as quarterback it, it, it literally depends like i would not want to go in the top 10 as a quarterback these days because you're going to a team that's in transition you're going to a new coach you're yeah. going to a team that sucked the year before you're going to maybe an organization that doesn't get it you know and there's a lot of things that are working against you where you know if you are drafted a little bit later or you know you're with a coach that gets it like you're, you're just in a better situation so Quarterback's one of those positions. It's very situational. That's that's where your success is going to come from, right? You know, if you're if you're if you got good coaches, you got a good defense, you got some skilled players, you got an OC. You know, if all those things are working, I mean, you got a shot. If a few of those things aren't, good luck. Yeah. Well, we're going to go to the four roses now. Okay. This is a this is a barrel pick that uh, I did with a good friend uh, for the USO. I'm familiar with single barrel. 
This is the. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm familiar with Four Roses. This is a special pick. So you picked this one out. I did. So you've gotten to taste two of my barrel picks. Well, seems like you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Nine years, 11 months, so, you know, on the edge of 10 years. It's a long time. And this is my favorite yeast that uh, Four Roses has. Uh, Four Roses has uh, several yeasts. So you get, into, a, you get into the, you get that, that deep into it. Yes, well, and also Four Roses is very proud of their yeast strains. So. Why? Um, so they are a former uh, Seagram's company, and Seagram's was a really great, uh, you know, parent company back in the day. And they had a belief that they had 10, uh, 10 recipes going into every batch, and that used to be by distillers, you know, so they would have, you know, 10 different mash bills. And then uh, they started closing distilleries. And so you remember me telling you about vodka and knocking yeah, things yeah. off? That was yeah, part yeah. of it. And so when you had when you closed uh, the distillery, they lost a recipe. So to com- to compensate for that uh, that recipe they lost, they created a new yeast to create like a new flavor profile because they had a belief that if you had, uh, you know, when you have ten recipes going into a batch, you can create consistency. Okay. And it's a it's a proven it's a proven method that they still execute today. There you go. I will. I will tell you, Jay. Like I had, I had Peyton on, you know, recently. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning on recently, and uh, how did he do? You know, he he brought his brother Cooper. Cooper's the funny one. Cooper is. I mean, we had to edit a lot of things out. Yeah, I Cooper. Mean, Cooper. He, Cooper's. Cooper's the. Cooper's the funny he, one. He's something else. But but he actually, you know, he's he's got a bourbon now. He's getting in the game. Oh, that, what's it called? It's called Sweetens Cove. Oh, we have it. Yeah, and that's that's one of them there. That's uh, the first batch. Is it any good? You can tell me the truth. Uh, the first batch was okay. Uh, the so, second batch is is pretty good. So the, the first, second, ba- so that's the first the- batch is shit. Sorry, Peyton. <laughs> You're getting better though. Peyton's a good dude. I'm happy for. Yeah, him. I he's you know he's going in the Hall of Fame this year, yep. and you know I can't think of a you know more worthy guy you know for for that. He's been an incredible ambassador for the game oh absolutely he 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 changed the nfl for the better um he did a lot of great things for for everybody so he 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 has bud bud light i mean he's got like he's got a lot of things a lot of business uh, things and now this is a sample bottle so that's not actually the the bottle bottle he's doing uh what monday night football with eli yeah should be interesting yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, Cooper. Cooper, if they would unleash him a little bit, like, you know, he's hilarious. Oh, he's yeah. But most of the stuff is definitely not politically correct. Uh, from from Louisiana, so what, yeah. What, what do you What do you expect? <laughs> what What do you think about like you know where where the league is right now in terms of uh, style of play? Mm. I mean, it was it was you were kind of at like that that beginning of the trend of of changing things, making things safer. Yep. Um, it, it's a completely different game, though. Now it's a you can play you can play quarterback forever now, and you get paid, you know, three times as much. I, I mean, when, whenever I got in, and I mean Peyton probably say the same thing. Like you got hit in the head, and 
they, it was literally like, you know, how many numbers? Two, yeah. three, one. Like, what do you, what do you got? And if you, you, know, you said half the right answers, they were like, go get them, bud. Get back <laughs> in there. And then you gradually saw it get, you know, I don't know if more politically correct is the right word, but I mean, they, they started getting more health conscious and, you know, more awareness and stuff. And it, it's just a fine line at this point because I don't think people want to see the game change that much that quickly. And I feel like it's changed a lot really quickly. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, pace of play and, and pulling guys out of games and that whole stuff. But we are, as, as a society, learning more really quickly yeah. about the brain and how it functions and, and you know CTE you know there was a lot of controversy there for, for you know three or four years about certain things and right. guys guys committed suicide unfortunately so um, you know there's, there's good and bad I, I think that you know the NFL is just trying to wade their way through it and, and do the best they can to do it the right way but also take care of the players also players seem to be really taking control right now too of 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 their lives uh, in a lot of ways. I mean, what we saw with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you would have told me that you would see a quarterback hold a hold, and the way he did it was what you hear from his teammates. It was it was for his teammates. Mm-hmm. And when he when you listen oh, yeah. to his speech, he was talking about the people that didn't get contracts, like Charles Woodson. Which that when I heard that, mind blowing that they didn't reoffer Charles Woodson after winning. At Super Bowl. Oh, they've done so many things. I mean, they, they've you know free agents. They they've always been tight, but you know they've they've let go of guys that are are you know huge players for them and, and huge influences for Aaron. I mean, right there at the cusp where you probably could have stretched it out another couple of years just to just do the right thing. But they're they've been cutthroat out there, and you know they got to a point where I guess Aaron had enough. And so you do you respected how he played that? Well, no one's done that before. Yeah. I don't think like he's no one's had a press conference and literally torched the team for 30 minutes like he did. Yeah. And he did it a respectful way um, and he got away with it and he got everything he wanted. And now it seems to be, you know, rainbows and sunshine up there. Well, you know, I mean, if, if I'm a player, which there was no way in hell I was ever going to become a player mm-hmm. that didn't have the athleticism. And uh, my my forty yard dash is about a five six at the, yeah. you know, I'm a good day. It's like Peyton's. <laughs> but I I would say if I was a player and I heard that speech, oh, I'd, yeah. I'd love to play with Aaron Rodgers. Well, I mean, well, I mean, there's a lot of people that want to go to to Green Bay and play with Aaron Rodgers, but like they just won't pick up people in free agency. It's like there's there's people people want to go there all the time, but you know the team just doesn't want to spend money most of the time. They you know I think that one point like. All 22 dudes or starters were draft picks, which is yeah. unheard of. Um, and I think that's to Aaron's point of there's a lot of people that want to come, and people that we do get to come here are to play with me. And that's, I mean, he's 100% right. Just not many people would want to say that. So you're, you're, but you're a bear. Like, yep. And so for you to have like any kind of empathy for the Packers, it's almost sacrilegious in some ways. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's a, every bear fan was like, this is great. Let's, yeah, trade them, never come back, retire, <laughs> do it all. Um, but I think for Green Bay, you're talking they, about they were about, about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, Not about you. Well, both. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, for Green Bay, like they had one choice and one choice only. Like yeah. you make it right, or you know the fans are going to burn the stadium down. 
you know, let's 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 go to the to the bears a little bit. As we're you know, this is one I haven't tasted yet. So we're we're doing something different here. This is a this is a new product that I I just bought this at Costco for hundred bucks. Really? And it's a, it's Calumet fifteen year old, um, you know, hundred five proof. I don't. So we're in it strong. We're we're uh, we're going to go down new territory. And one of the oh. things I noticed about this, the bottle. Why did you Why did you pick this out? You know, I honestly I I, I picked it out because. There's a lot of 15-year-old Kentucky bourbons on the market. Okay. And they're all from Jim Beam. So Jim Beam doesn't own this product. But in the, in the business of the business of bourbon, you have people who own distilleries, and then you have people who uh, buy stuff in, on what we call a source whiskey market or the open brokerage market. And there was a bunch of 15-year-old tubs that came back in from Europe uh, that a lot of people bought. So we have, I have one here, then I have one. Tubs from whom? Like, what are these tubs? Like? The tubs, uh, like large crates. So these are basically, these are both the same thing. So this is, uh, they're just different in proof. They're both 15 year old Kentucky bourbons that would have came from Beam. So, so. it's basically the same whiskey, just marketed differently? Yes, different people who purchased them in, uh, in the wholesale side. And so this is a bit of an really? education as to talk about like how just because something is more expensive doesn't, doesn't mean it's always better. Doesn't mean it's better. Yeah. So that's amazing. So like I never knew that like this could happen. Oh yeah. Like you could have two of the same two different bottles, two different companies and it's the same literally from the same tub of It, it wouldn't necessarily be the same tub, yeah. but it um or tanker sure. or whatever you want to call it. But it would, um, but it's from definitely from the same like brokerage companies that acquired a bunch of stuff from uh, what is the Beam. I feel like I'm being lied to for a long time. This is this is the world of whiskey. Gosh, just all lies, about lies and deceit and drunkenness. <laughs> it's not bad though. Really? Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, this is my personal coin on it, and I would say it's all right. What don't you like about it? Uh, there is a uh, there is an over banana note in this, and there's a harshness to it that is is. There's a harshness to it. I there, tasted that. I did, yeah. did not taste banana. There, there's but definitely a harshness to. here. It's definitely. A, why is that? Um. What'd they do wrong? Well, the, the people who bottled it don't really have a choice. And I would say, like, now that I'm tasting it, you want to get some fresh glasses? The Senator? Yeah, let's do this. Let's do a side-by-side -side with a Senator here. You got one? Uh, yeah, I've got... You, got, oh. you want to grab a glass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... I don't want to get you loaded. I've been known to do that. I'm on the Uber, Uber dime tonight. I'll pick up your Uber. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, no, I did taste the banana. Or maybe you just talked me into it. I think the Kentucky Senator is a little... It's less edgy.
is less edgy. Yeah. Why like, is that? It's higher in proof, actually. Um, Wouldn't that be these more? Twos, these two taste completely different. So, completely different. So, so I didn't get all the banana in this one. No. It makes it makes me it makes me believe that my source for the information was wrong. Really? Yeah. I don't I don't know if the 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 Calumet is indeed the same distillery as the Kentucky Senator. Senator. Yeah. They taste completely different. And this would be so this would be a beam um that would be a beam just a basic knob creek. Mhm. And then this is um this is a private barrel from from this. So what we can do here now we're going deep. We can Deep in the rabbit hole. We might need some more glasses if you can help us out. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to fill that up there and then just add a cap full of water. Okay. So get a just get a cap. Why? Because that's this one is. It'll that'll that'll yeah it'll bring it down to about that proof that we had, and so this will be a little bit closer. To the same yeah how do you feel about the the pappy and like the prices of it well the pricing is it's a falsified price because they don't properly uh price it okay it's a product that the demand is um has, has escalated the price yeah and they continue to keep it as a low price so imagine like it uh, i mean pappy 15 is amazing okay yeah pappy 15 is amazing we got the uh, we got the green light for time. Cut. Damn, this is good. By the way, this is a private barrel pick for Liquor Barn. The guy who owns Liquor Barn, his name's Jonathan Blue, and he owns a sport uh, sport agency too. So he's an agent of players. Out of where? Out of Florida. I've heard that name. So the, the this is good. So Jonathan Blue, he like he has he's a Kentucky boy, but he's also got uh, um his sport agency and he's got a culinary agency and stuff. Yeah. This is uh, really good. But I mean I guess yeah, that's, after that's actually no, this might this is amazing. This barrel pick is amazing. Um it's a liquor barn pick. I guess those are eight, though. They probably are going to taste pretty good at this point. I think I paid 60 for this one. Really? Yeah. I pay a lot for it. Why is it hard to get bourbon now? Because everybody wants it. You know, there's just, I mean, Bastards. if you look at if you look at the age on these things, this was distilled 15 years ago. This was distilled nine years ago. So there's only so much coming out each year. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's only so much you can do. Uh, yeah, they can't just what? make more. They can make more. But you won't see it for another, years, another 15 years, years. 12 years, whatever and, it is. You know, and by that time, you know, I might be in a wheelchair or have orthotics on or, you know, who knows? Maybe both. So as we kind of close it out, I want to I get a feel for what our last pour will be. Now, we, we've explored a lot of things here. Is there anything that you want to feel sentimental about, like a state, or do you want to go to something that you just had? Again, do you have a flavor that you want to tackle? Do you, is there anything that you're really feeling? Um, no, there's actually not. I mean, I've loved them all. I think that you've done great picks. Maybe, maybe I, I would like to try something just 
off the cuff, like something you're like, hey, this is really obscure. Not not pricey, but just like, okay. hey, like I don't even know what the hell this stuff is. Well, so you played for the Denver Broncos, very important to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, 291 is a Colorado bourbon whiskey. They finish it with Aspen Staves. Going to be uber smoky. They finish it with what? They finish it with Aspen. Really? Yeah, Aspen Staves. Oh, wow. It's going to be completely different. Yeah. Honestly, you know, there's sometimes I smell it and I smell cigarettes. You know, so, and, and, and you've got all of these incredible Facebook memes of you smoking cigarettes. Sure. Do, do, do you ever, like, look at those? Well, we tried to shut it down. And whenever it came out, nine, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, obviously it didn't work. You can't. Can you shut anything down on the internet? I don't know if you can. No. Well, I mean, they were selling shirts and stuff, so we like, a, you know, oh no shit thing. And then it got to a point. I was like, you know what? Let's just let it ride. Hell with it. It's it's yeah. funny to me. So. Does that stuff bother you? No. But I just was like, hey, if they're making a ton of money in Chicago, um, maybe we should think about doing this. But then, obviously, we didn't. So now it is what it is. It's like taking on a life of its own. And when I tell, when I say it smells like cigarettes, it's like the particular ash. You know, it can yeah. it has like a smokiness to it. But I mean, I smoke cigars. I don't smoke cigarettes. Yeah, I, I do. Really, I never, do a lot of cigars. Yeah, I love cigars. It, it makes sense with bourbon. Yeah. Right. Actually, I'm starting a cigar. Really? Yeah. With who? Uh, I'm working with a company called Divine Leaf, and you know, I've got, I've got my own like blend going and everything. That's awesome. I'm very excited about it. Have you seen the bourbon glasses that have like a little cigar like notch in there? You just put your cigar in them? I hate them. I knew you would hate them. I knew you were going to hate them. Damn. Yeah, I hate them. I mean, they're handy though. I mean. You're more of a traditionalist. I get it. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I like, I, when I, I, want my, I want my sipping process to be different than the, the smoke inhalation sure. process. Sure. And... Now that you say that, I, now I think about it, yeah. I mean, when, when are you ever going to really put them both together? Yeah. And then the one that I have has a bullet in it, so it's kind of, like, lame. Yeah. But that being said, I am a traditionalist. I am a purist. I'm also very much an asshole when it comes to new products that come into the, the, the sphere in, of whiskey. Into the world. But at least I own it, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean you didn't hesitate. You didn't, you didn't tell me, hey, it's a great idea. Discuss. Yeah, I mean, but if, if, you, if you pitch me with a vodka, it's a bad idea. And it happens on a daily basis. <laughs> All right, so here you go, 291. Mm. Wow. That is completely different. Yeah, it's... it's completely different but i don't take i don't i don't taste cigarettes i do taste that oh it's it smells like cigarettes and got some smokiness to it it's got some smokiness to yeah. it but i do taste, taste like some in the back like some greenish something yeah back is middle it's totally a it's totally a back bitterness kind of thing yeah you definitely nailed that and i would i'll square this away with like what has been my favorite taste of the day and this has been my, this has been an old Fitzgerald uh, bottled and bond from from last year, and this was a this was a sample from uh, from the distillery straight out of the barrel. 
And we're coming up on an hour, man. Is that I, long? Well, I tend I tend to like be long winded, and and, um, and and you know get get to sipping whiskey and you know make new friends. It's just sure. how it is. I think that's that's part of what it, this is about, right? Well, where's this from? This is made by Heaven Hill. Okay. Um, it is a it's a it's a weeded bourbon. So this is in the vein of like uh, you know Pappy Van Winkle and Maker's Mark and so forth. This is bottled. This is uh, Old Fitzgerald, distilled in spring two thousand one. Bottled in spring twenty twenty. I like that. This has been my favorite of the day, even over my own barrel picks. Let me try one more sip. Make sure I'm right here. That's a beautiful thing about sipping. You know, got to make sure you're right. Do it one more time. Mm-hmm. little sweeter but it has that like kind of like coating of the mouth thing mm-hmm. that you talked about earlier yeah very smooth it's it's quite tasty a little it's a caramel or something in there there's maybe? there's a caramel in here i mean this is a vanilla forward yeah. caramel i mean it's just it's got so much going on and by the way I always say caramel, but you said caramel, and he got yeah, me to say caramel. I did. I did. That, that never happened before. I'm a I'm a caramel. You're guy. A caramel. It's like in, so, your, in your in your Snickers and Twix and stuff. It's, yeah, it's caramel. It's caramel, and you're saying caramel. A huge caramel guy. Well, there's a caramel Indiana. So there is a caramel up by uh, Indianapolis. Yeah. So I mean, yep. maybe you know. Yeah, you said it too, caramel. I did, but you planted in my head. I know. Kind of like maybe I did with a banana. Banana, there. the whole banana thing. Yeah. After you said the banana, I, literally all I could taste was the damn banana. <laughs> so I just ate a banana. Right? Well, man, listen, this has been, it's been great to have you on here. Oh, it's been a pleasure. I, I'm so excited to see, you know, what you got cooking on your podcast. Yeah. You know, we're both a part of Podcast One, which is, um, you know, the biggest, like, non-radio-affiliated podcast network. I mean... You got some big names on there and, you know, a couple of whiskey drinking fellas like ourselves. Yeah, we'll just sneak in, maybe get a few views, you know. I mean, you know, who knows? But, but at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, doing what you enjoy. Absolutely. And, and I'm looking forward to hearing you talk shit about your former players that you, you played <laughs> with. That's going to be great. Since you, since you laid it out here that you have no issues dropping the hammer, it's going to be great. I said a few issues for certain people, but yeah, yeah. but you it, know, it, it, in general, no. But no, they're no. retiring out now. They know, are, so. yeah, yeah. They're, they're, a lot of them are gone. So yeah, these new these new guys, like I, I got you don't know them. No idea who these kids are. You know, you have no idea, so you could just you know go no, go no, off on them. No ties. No ties, and so just let it rip. Exactly, you know? it'd be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Unless they're be- a Vandy player. Then you might be a little bit kind of... Those are few and far between, so I think we'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right on, man. Well, hey, thanks for coming on the show. Cheers. And uh, remember, Jay, moving forward, vodka sucks. And vodka sucks. I'm done with vodka. (laughs) Wasn't that something with Jay? I mean, and a big shout out to Nashville Barrel Company, you know, for hosting me. Uh, that interview took place in Nashville, uh, just like the Hannah Dasher episode and a couple others coming up. I'm going to start doing that a little bit more. 
I'm going to be checking out, you know, finding ways to do bulk recordings with folks. Uh, now that we can do it in person, it'd be a lot of fun. You know, it's it's a good time. And I want to thank to everybody who came out to my Oklahoma event uh, last uh, Saturday. That was an amazing adventure. Now I've got a big announcement. My next big event is going to be in Lexington, Kentucky at the Manchester Music Hall. Manchester Music Hall, and that's going to be uh, December 4th. It's the Repeal Day Expo. We will be we, we will be celebrating the repeal of Prohibition, which is actually December 5th, but that's a Sunday, and ain't nobody going to do something on a Sunday in December. And Sundays are like, you know, it's dark outside. You've got, um, you know, Christmas movies playing. You've got family coming over. You got all the Christmas shopping to do, and you're just like, oh, I got to go to work on Monday because no one's taking work off, right? Because they're all having to go to work to make sure they have money for buying presents because the kids, you don't get presents. They're just like, Mommy, Daddy, where's my presents? I want this. I want that. You know, and you got to step in, and Santa's not always stepping in. But anyway, so that is why we are doing a Saturday on December 4th, Repeal Day Expo. So you can go to repealdayexpo.com for more information but that's coming to you soon. More information is definitely coming to you soon, but it's going to be an awesome event at the Manchester Music Hall. So get ready for that in Lexington, Kentucky. But that's going to do it for us this week, folks. Be safe out there. Remember, no licking handrails, no licking trash cans. And you ready for this? Vodka sucks, unless it's being used for hand sanitizer. Cheers, everybody. You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by Michter's American Whiskies and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. For more information on Fred's books, articles, and more, just go to fredminnick.com.